Oh, wait, can yes. you do? Can you do that intro again? Like, what the fuck was that? Because <laughs> like, I don't like. No, it takes a lot of fighting. But like, get hype. Hype is like. Welcome back to the Popcorn for Dinner podcast, a podcast talking about French Canadian filmmakers and their incredible outputs. Today we're discussing the three great films by Denis Villeneuve, Prisoners, Sicario and Arrival, along with our excitement or lack thereof for Dune, as well as our new TikTok account, which OBI is going to create and dance on. Mr. Robert's Incredibles fourth season, and honestly, it's run. And Obi also tries to lie about Aaron Sorkin for some reason. Um, of course, I'm your host, Bankole Mokwede. I'm joined by my co-host, uh, Obi Wan Georgi I'm just going to be saying your name from now on because I can't. I can't be waiting. Yeah, but I thought you said you're going to say my name like this time. And returning guest and friend of the podcast, Aya Indem. Hi everyone. How are you? How's everyone doing? I'm okay. I'm tired. That's not the right. That's not the right energy. You woke me up. Ah, okay. Uh, as in, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we're talking about Denis Villeneuve today. What? You're not going to ask me how I am. No. It was an open okay. question, though. Yeah. <laughs> how are you guys? Don't give him like. Well, he I, turned. He turned at you, and he didn't turn at me. You're yeah, not here. Can you see how needy this my co-host is? Oh. I don't know. I don't understand. Are you guys? Are you guys having something? Um, what, yeah, so we can fit into the. <laughs> we believe that if we have a relationship, then we can separate ourselves in terms of the podcast realm. Because everybody has two straight guys doing podcasts. But then it's like a whole different thing if we're if you're what? in a relationship. And like, oh, there are no two gay guys in a podcast. Not that I, don't I think know. that's true. Two black Nigerian gay guys. Okay, there are not many of them. Yeah, so like trying to. You know how they said in sex education? Are you? It's dangerous out there. So that's fine now. Are you watching the Bunny Show? I am. So, uh, obviously, in episode four, Juliana oh, McGillis. I, I haven't watched episode oh, four. I've got episode three. Yes. Juliana McGillis kind of makes, tells Reese Witherspoon to embrace her lesbian identity mm-hmm. to go out, get ahead in the world. Oh, is so, that what they do? No, it's just something she says to her. So maybe, Obia, maybe she embrace your, okay. All of that's going to be bleached because I feel like. You're not trying to get cancelled. Yeah, I'm not trying I to mean, get this, cancelled. I mean, this is actually a group that can cancel. You remember when you were scared of saying Burner Boy stuff? Because <laughs> <laughs> you didn't want Burner Man. <laughs> but also... Burner can't really do shit, but like... <laughs> also, am I trend? Like, look, cancel Popcorn for dinner. At least, Popcorn dinner will be trending. You're not Dave Chappelle. You're not trending for shit. <laughs> People just not listen to you. You watch that really is Dave Chappelle? Is he washed? Is he beyond washed now? <sighs> I, was, I, okay. I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, I haven't watched it either. But like, on the one hand, I just feel like Dave Chappelle can't stop. I don't know, I just feel like... I don't know. really listen. The only time I think I've listened to and really connected with Dave Chappelle... Was it the one about George Floyd? Yeah, it was the George Floyd one. His early stuff was good, though. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I was into stand-up for a very, very limited point. With Hassan like, Minaj. With Hassan Minaj, Homecoming yeah. King. If you haven't watched Homecoming King, go watch Homecoming King. It's on Netflix. Is he washed now? Because I haven't seen him do anything really good since then. Who's this? Hassan That's Minaj. very rude about Patriot Act. Oh fuck! I forgot all about Patriot Act. And he, that's dope. but like you know how I felt about Patriot. But Act. yeah, okay, whatever. That's you. But he's on tour. I think he's on tour in America now, okay, and he's fine. on Morning Show. Yeah, he's not great on Morning Show, but I don't know. I don't know what the character is. Yeah. But, but still. Anyway, can we? What this podcast is about? Um, with the long-awaited release of Dune, I figured it was time we talk about something we can talk about on this podcast. What are we talking about on this podcast? Denis Villeneuve films. So 
When one doesn't know, Denis Villeneuve is the director of Dune, which stars Timothy Chalamet, Oscar Isaac, Josh Brolin, Batista, uh, Jason Momoa, Zendaya. And I still feel like more people that I have not mentioned. Is Rebecca Ferguson? Rebecca Ferguson is there, I think. Um, yeah, so many people. It's just, it's just a bit funny to me that you mentioned all the men first. But go ahead. But all the men I mentioned are bigger than, than any Zendaya. Of okay. Apart from, ah! Is Rebecca Ferguson still getting Mission Impossible checks? Yeah, I think she's in, she's in the upcoming one. Anyway, so. Oscar Isaac is bigger than the day. As an, I mean, as if, an you, actor, if you right? feel that way, you don't have to like defend yourself. I'm just thinking, I just thought it was funny I, I because now that is sexist, right there. <laughs> I just I just thought it was funny. Guys, I wasn't even going for sexist, but I was just going based on black. Zendaya is an Emmy winner. Is that misogyny or misogynoir? He's misogynoir, I think. Like he's bringing the spice this afternoon. This is not a good podcast for me, but this is on brand for you. So like, wow, like, that's that is not what what. <laughs> I don't like I don't like this energy that you're bringing the first time you're here without Victor. It's like this is fair now. It's like, like, once, I'm, like I'm, once Victor is not here, you're taking up Victor's I'm taking space. Up his space. I, I, don't, I don't like that. It's I don't true. Like I should that. actually be myself. I'm sorry. Um, thank you. Anyway, so Denis Villeneuve is the director of Dune. He directed previous films: Enemy, Prisoner, Sicario, Arrival, Blade Runner 2049, and he's a really good director. And look, truth be told, we've been trying to do a Sicario episode for like our entire run. I think we wanted to do one when Taylor Sheridan's um, Those Who Wish Me Dead was coming out. That's tenuous. <laughs> but he's the writer of Sicario, so I was like, okay, let me turn to Taylor Sheridan between films. And then, That's the when Angela Jolie was just like fucking up people left, right, and center. Yeah, the firefighter one. Um, that didn't, obviously, that didn't pan out. So here we are, finally doing a Sicario episode, which we get to do with Arrival as well and Prisoner. So that's cool. Yeah, but before we go into that, a few programming notes. Earlier this week... Have we got ads now? We don't have ads yet. <laughs> I'm thinking of doing. I'm not I'm, no, I'm not doing. I'm not doing this season. Should I? Should I not watch it? Um, it's not. I wouldn't say it's essential viewing, but like it, it's nice to watch the characters. I mean, end I mean, I like. Me- oh, okay. I mean, I messaged you that yeah. finding out that the showrunner was a white woman. One of the showrunners, really. because Justin Simeon is the other. I thought it was the showrunner because he created it. Yeah, he's the other showrunner, but I think finding out that the white woman really shattered my brains. I'm like, oh, this is kind of like, I don't know what to think. That's fair. Yeah. Anyway, I'm thinking of doing fake ads. We'll just put ads in there so that people can think that we're bigger than we actually are. But yeah, um, a few programming notes. Earlier this week, Obira and I talked about Succession Season 3 premiere. That's out on the podcast feed now. I also spoke with Ibuka about the Marvel animated show What If. A few thoughts on that. So yeah, go check on that. Last week, we released three episodes on the first two seasons of Succession. Check that out. We'll be covering Succession, hopefully, during the course of its Season 3 run. In order to coordinate with like Succession's release schedule, we're going to be releasing most of our episodes on Wednesdays. Hopefully, I'll try to touch on Insecure as well in this final season and uh, May of Kingstown when that comes out. Insecure is still going on. That, no, that's Mr. Jamar. That's racist. Yeah, that's racist. That's, that's, yeah, that's, that's bad. That's racist. Um, like, but, I get it if you're coming for Yvonne Oji, but like... The whole of insecure. Well, she, the strength of the Obono, <laughs> the top of. I'm the, I'm the spice, I'm the hotness of Obono. Oh, <laughs> uh, Yvonne Anyway, yeah, so episodes will come out on Wednesdays and then we'll have additional episodes if needed on Mondays or Fridays. Empire is still going on. No, no I'm pretty sure Empire, Empire is over. After. <laughs> I cannot believe you called Insecure and, Empire and then in Empire the in the same sentence. Yeah. Like, I feel like you need to take a break from this podcast. Mm-mm. It wasn't the same sentence, one. 
There was like a 10 second gap. You, they shouldn't, you shouldn't think of insecure and then think that's of really empire. bad energy. Yeah, say. that's so bad. Like, <laughs> what? It was, it's not as if it was power and empire. Like, insecure. That's rude. That's very rude. Anyway, yeah, empire ended after I'm the gay to park. I never saw that part. I never saw that. <laughs> no, that's real life. Oh, real life. Oh, yeah, yeah, when he, when he, when he, when he, when he, formed, when he created that thing about somebody attacking him. Yeah. And he was walking around saying he's the gay Tupac. I'm the gay Tupac, yeah. Oh my god. They couldn't oh they really couldn't god. recover after that. So I think they did one more season and then oh, was like, man, please. let's call it quits. Yes, please. Anyway, Wednesdays and then maybe it's Monday and Mondays and Fridays, but also this podcast is all about chaos, so maybe things will change. So just follow us on whatever platform you listen to us. Spotify, iTunes, um, Google, anywhere you listen to your podcast, we're there. And follow us on social media. On Twitter is popcorn underscore dinner. And on Instagram is popcorn for dinner underscore pod. So Twitter, popcorn underscore dinner. And Instagram, you know, have TikTok. popcorn for dinner underscore pod. Do you want to run our TikTok account? Oh my God. If you having a TikTok account is such a good idea. I, who will run it? You. I don't get Are we not too old for TikTok now or something? Yeah, I don't. I don't. I'm on TikTok, man. Do you want to run it for us? I'm not going to run your TikTok. All you have to do is post, post stuff. Do you post on your TikTok account? <laughs> I don't post. So what would I like? What would I do on TikTok? Chances <laughs> I would run the, the TikTok. Chances I would you will you run our TikTok for us? That was our special guest. Chances just denying our request. Can I have this like image of you just doing like TikTok dances right now? And I just can't get it out of my head. Oh my gosh, you should do TikTok dances. <laughs> Two of you should do that. You should go to Bristol tomorrow, and then you should do that best friends dance. What's the best friends dance? That would be so good. Let's just interrupt. That's very off brand for your account. Your TikTok <laughs> should just be snippets of what you're talking about, like funny parts, like controversial sections. No, but I feel like the TikTok should not just be sound. It should definitely be a visual medium for you guys. To dance. You can dance if you want. <laughs> oh my god. Chaz, I don't run it for us. You can do that. We don't pay. Stuff. We don't pay anyone. Oh, sorry. I have small social media. So that's a maybe. Thank you. Okay. Um, we're going to take a quick break and then when we come back, we're going to discuss the incredible filmography of Denis Villeneuve. And we're back. So, the first movie we're going to talk about in Denis, basically, the podium that we're analyzing is Prisoners. Prisoners came out in 2013. It stars Hugh Jackman, Jake Gyllenhaal, um, Paul Dano in I think an incredible performance. Um, Bala Davis in a crime performance, Terrence Howard and Melissa Leo. It's a story about a two families actually who lose their six year old daughters and mm-hmm. the detective that tries to find the abductor. I am taking requests. Yes. No. <laughs> Can I take Joy to our house? Wear a hat, please. <laughs> Where are your sisters? Anna? Joy? I couldn't find them! Detective Loki, I'm gonna find your daughters. An RV was reported matching the description. Show me your hands! You put those girls somewhere, Alex. No. I know you put those girls somewhere. We didn't find anything. This thing's clean. The police said they're letting him go. He knows. I can see it in his eyes. We run out of time. And every day. She's wondering why I'm not there. This guy's a fake. The girls are still out there.
in the world did you do? Someone has to make him talk or they're gonna die. Prisoners. I watched Prisoners for the first time in probably, hmm, 2014, I think. And I realized that I had not watched it since then. And I literally watched it a few hours ago. It's a really good film. Like, it's, it's a good film. Prisoners holds up. So why do you think it's a really good film? What makes it good for you? It's a really good film. It's just, no, um, first of all... It's just good now. First of all, <laughs> it's just good. But no, okay. Um, Obi, I was trying to ask like the good podcast questions and I'm just giving like it's a really good film. No, no, no. It's, first of all, I think, I think the, the story holds. Like the story is a very tight story, even though it's, it's like two and a half hours. It's a long film. Yeah, and you think that they'll be like, I can't tell you where they should have cut out this, this plot or it's whatever. Well yeah, it's done well. The acting is very good. When I was watching it, I forgot how the story unfolded. Like, I forgot. Again, sorry if, if you don't know, but there'll be spoilers, obviously, for the three movies that we're talking about. I'm probably doing his entire um, filmography. So, yeah, that's your spoiler warning. Whoops. But I forgot that, like, Paul Dano's character was um, abducted. Mm-hmm. I forgot that it was the mother that was the that was the abductor the and, like, the and everything. Whole, I forgot yeah. all that. So, all that was just like, I was like, yeah. oh, wow, I didn't remember any of this. Like, in my head, I, I thought, like, Paul Dano's character was, like, entirely innocent and he had no connection at all. And Hugh Jackman had gone on this terrible whim and everything. And, yeah, so I think it's, like, a very tightly constructed film. And it's something that Dini is actually very good at, which works a lot in Sicario and a bit in Arrival, or a lot in Arrival, depending on how you want to look at Arrival. But, like, he's very good at giving a sense of foreboding. Like, he always just feel like something worse is about to happen. Mm. Like, there's something worse around the corner. Like, I don't know if... He has these kind of, like, slow pans he does with his cameras, and obviously, like, obviously helps a lot with the score and everything, but, like, he oh, you always feel like you're never... Especially in Sicario, which we'll get to, obviously, but you're never just comfortable. No. Once the movie starts, you feel like something worse is about to happen. Like, yeah, yeah so... Let me take back on that. It's just, like, he has a way of revealing things. He doesn't like showing you one thing all at once he likes sort of like sort of like how you refer to as a slow pan Mm -hmm. he's building up tension and slowly revealing things to the audience so you know make the audience and the people just like build their views and opinions on how things unfold and it just does especially like his scores are just like um there is a master of mood there's no like i was watching because i watched the three films that we're going to talk about over the last week and from the first 10 minutes of prisoner it's just like, oh, wow. I forgot how early the thing happened in Prisoners. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, this is a two and a half hour movie and this happens in the first 10 minutes. Like, what is going on here? Yeah. And I think it's like, obviously, it's easy to make this comparison because he's obviously my favorite director and everything. But like, it's a very like Fincher thing where you just like, it's the thing about yourself, mood, mm-hmm. foreboding, like a two and a half movie that should be like troublesome to watch. Like, mm-hmm. it should be laborious. And it's just like, nope. It's just Hugh Jackman attacking this poor kid. Jake Gyllenhaal just trying his best to do this thing and like yeah and then I mean, that's why I liked it I think just the performances are, are really good I, Hugh Jackman obviously is the more showy performance in fact like mm-hmm. he's the father that is losing his shit and he's shouting at everybody and he's torturing this kid but I think Jake Gyllenhaal is doing some incredible stuff there as the cop you can tell that that cop himself I was thinking about this and I don't know why there isn't another Detective Loki movie because I think that if he's a good character yeah if Danny wanted you could just have another it's the same way they're doing with Knives Out right where yeah. Um, Daniel Craig's character is just going to be another mystery. You can just have Tegino's character just be a cop. You know, if they didn't want to do that, you can do it for like a trilogy or whatever. It's like, yeah. 
it's weird that he's never actually gone. I'm sure they've had discussion. He never gone back to that. Nah, so. that's not the, that's not that's not really the central sort of uh, the central theme of the of the movie, is it? Like Knives Out is like a murder mystery. Yeah, no, but I'm saying like you can take you can take Loki and put him in another different another story that's. I'm not saying to be fun, but like it's just be another. Like for example, something to explore again, or like Sinner. Like Sinner, actually very like Sinner, but Sinner, yeah, Sinner is a TV show. I, I maybe maybe just maybe scheduling. Like obviously, Denis has been busy since 2013. And yeah, I get what you're With each movie, we get to see more about because there is obviously a lot going. There's on a lot of story there in Detective Loki's psyche. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff happening. Like I think Jake Gino has characterized him as a very on the spectrum kind of detective. Interesting. Like he does a lot of blinking that you can that you, he, he does. Twitch. Yeah, he has yeah. a twitch. I think the fact that he always buttons up without a tie. I think all these kind of choices. There's that tattoo on his neck that you just barely see sometimes. Gosh. I think those choices are like you like. If I ever see anyone with a tattoo in the neck, I am <laughs> crossing the road straight away. And even the haircuts, you're like, this guy is someone who he's obviously very proficient at his job, but like there's probably a little bit something on that that we don't know. Again, the fact that he's played every case he's on. Yeah. Like, he's scary. <laughs> what? He's scary. Every scary. single case he's cleared it. That's, that's... But no, yeah, so about Prisoners, I, I think Prisoners was the movie that kind of announced um, Denis Villeneuve to like the American the English the, audience. Yeah, the English speaking audience and everything. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Like, what do you guys, what do you guys think about Prisoners? I didn't expect to like it when I first watched it mm-hmm. because I'm a more, I like more high concept sort of film. What do you mean by that? I'm supposed to be the pretentious one on this podcast. Eh? <laughs> no, no, no. I, I think I mean like <laughs> like, you know, a drama like I, I thought it was going to be like a drama about a kidnapping and how like the family are working through their ah, right. Oh, right. Okay. That's what I thought it was going to be. And like, it's just like, life is hard, man. I don't want to watch <laughs> harder stuff. But like, he ended up in this thriller and... Also, you rather watch the thriller than watch... Yes, I'd rather watch the thriller than... Recording? Than okay, yeah, yes. yeah. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Well, once I read like the premise is like two... Um, young girls have been kidnapped and this um, dad is trying to find their way with the cop trying to find the dad and two kids I was like I'm in straight anything like trying to find lost people or who killed who trying to find people just cheerful stuff isn't it you like, you like... <laughs> no 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 <laughs> well I'm not a cheerful guy so missing I'm person question, that's um... kind of stuff but anything like trying to find a lost person I'm in it's weird because I want this movie at a point when I wasn't like really appreciated these kind of movies mm-hmm. like it was like 2013 2014 i was just going off like the movies were you appreciating i don't know i was appreciating like i don't know more popular and that was the point when i thought michael bay was the best director alive. oh no well i think i've gone back to delete that tweet oh no <laughs> so it was a point when i wasn't really appreciating these kind of movies and then i think when i watched it i was like oh okay this is cinema <laughs> as as they say Fair. that was kind of like i was like oh okay Maybe Michael Bay is not the best director. Like, maybe he's maybe, not. Maybe they're maybe. Maybe, maybe better movies. Maybe there are other people. <laughs> I think one thing about Denis, which we'll talk about as we go on, is that I believe he's. I want to say he's improved, but I don't know if that's like that's too harsh to reductive to say. But like, I have never felt like he's regressed. That's better. So even if he hasn't improved, he hasn't regressed. Like I don't feel like a movie that he made later was worse than a movie that he made before. before. That's fair enough. Yes, yeah. so, that's a good point because like I think from even from his. Like as it just keeps on getting bigger and bigger, like the budget stuff just keeps mm-hmm. increasing as well. Like once you got more clout and stuff. Interesting. I, I think Prince I know was... we're not talking about Blade Runner, but that's his latest film. No, I mean we can, we can talk about Blade Runner. Yeah, that's his latest one. So you don't think you think Blade Runner is better than all the other films? No. Before? So I haven't seen Blade Runner. 
2014. Okay. I've seen Blade Runner 2014, and I think that movie is good. Do you think it's better than Prisoner Sicarian Arrival? No, no, not better, but I think he's consistent. So, like, you won't be with your whenever you go to a cinema, you won't see a Denis Villeneuve movie. You're you trust that he's going to. You're in good hands, basically. Yeah, yeah. fair enough. Some directors where, like, you know, they get big or they get bigger. Christopher Nolan, and they just like completely seem to lose the audience in what they're doing. That's what I'm trying to say. It's not that like, it's not that like he gets what they call it. That's like every movie is better than the last. Yeah. But I've never got to a point where like, oh, this is a turn. Like, what have you done? Like, you've yeah. gone from a nine to a six. Okay. Right. I mean, I think Blade Runner is kind of an outlier in the sense that which is almost kind of like Dune, which is like obviously is is based on existing IP. I mean, so was Arrival. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Arrival is based. Arrival is basically Arrival is based on like a short story. It's still basically his. It's not like he's not remaking a movie that came out in 1960. Okay, I see. Or what a you mean. sequel okay. to a 1970 Ridley Scott film. Uh, but yeah, no, that was Prisoners. And I think it was a very good introduction to Denis, like to us. I was like, okay. Like he, he wouldn't become a. You know, there are people that are directors, actors, writers that like, once you see their name attached, you're like, I'm watching this film. Uh-huh. No matter, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. no matter like, no matter what this trailer, how, how bad this trailer looks, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm trusting, I'm like, I think Dini won't become that guy for me until a year later when I watch Sicario. <laughs> Which... Fucking hell, man. Now we're talking. State Department is pulling an agent that specializes in cartel activity. FBI! You'll be part of the team. What's our objective? To dramatically overreact. I go where I'm sent. Welcome to water. Somebody say a prayer for me. If they kill me on Tuesday, bury me on Wednesday, mourn for me Thursday. Gotta be careful around these people. I just want to know what I'm getting into. You saw things you shouldn't have seen. He's a hitman. He works for anyone who will turn him loose. Nothing will make sense to your American go. But in the end, you will understand. Let me just go straight in. No fucking about. I'm going in bare back here. Yeah, do it. Is the Sicario Border sequence the greatest sequence in all of cinema ever? That's... Wow, I mean, the greatest ever. <laughs> I don't know why you asked the question like that. Like, how am I to answer Ever? That? We need to have these discussions, you know. Ever? To be look, look. There are some things that I will, I will pick out to like put up against it. But the thing is that they are not from, they're not from films. Oh, uh, what, what are they from? What would they be from then? Guy, that true detective. Oh, what the one take? The one take. The one take. Uh-huh. I still dream about it sometimes. <laughs> I need to rewatch the one of True Detective. I still dream about that one um, sometimes. I still think about Mr. Robot season that was, three. That was another thing I was going to say. I, was, I still think about Mr. Robot season three. I need to finish that, actually. Oh, but you never watched Mr. Robot. I actually stopped that when they found... You've both finished it, right? Yeah. yeah. When they found out, like, when he realized he was in jail with... Um, what's that? Oh, so season two, so episode, season two. episode oh. three or four. Just watch it. Power through. Power yeah, through. Just watch. I'm not a fan of... Like I think both of us are not yeah, fans of season two. Is not great. But it's not Mr. No. Robot is the first. No, well, two of us think it's not great, but yeah. I know someone who loves season two as well. Yeah. So Mr. Robot is the first show I think that ever lost me. Now I was watching just because I was like, okay, I have nothing else to watch. 
and then brought me back. At season two, I was like, oh, this is not a good show. Anymore. Anymore. Oh. And then season three, I was like, this is the best show on TV <laughs> right now. Oh, wow. And then season four, we're like, this is one of the best shows of all time. Wow. There, I can tell you this, that there are four episodes in season four that I think they're, and obviously, take this with a pinch of salt because it's IMDb and it's people that vote, right? But there are four, uh, there are four episodes, I think the MDB ratings are 9.9, 9.8, 9.9, 9. 9.7. <laughs> that does not happen. <laughs> it's like the episode that is like a play. One with therapy surface. Oh. The one that they're quiet. Nah, man. They're doing, they were doing Mr. a Robot. lot. They were nah. doing a lot in Mr. Robot. This is not Mr. Robot's podcast. That, that podcast will happen. Anyways, back to but your yes, question. I'm, to... I'm not sure that that border sequence is the greatest. <laughs> well, it's, it's up there. It's like, I mean, get on the bridge, man. And it's just like, okay, what's going on? And like how we are talking about earlier on about, you know, tension and how mm-hmm. he will share everything. He will just sort of move the camera and he'll cut in and kind of gives you the sense of like where everything is positioned, you know, who has like the angles on who, you know, the proximity of one car to the next. And it's just fucking insane. And plus the music as well is just like, broom, like the darkest thing ever. So you can't even look anywhere else but the screen. Mm-hmm. And when everything just happens, it's just so quick and just like, what the fuck? Just like, and the thing about um, Denny Villeneuve is he doesn't, like, you know how Tarantino sometimes, when you're watching Django, he would shoot someone, the blood will, the blood will just like pop out and, be everywhere and it's just quite animated and stuff this guy shows you the violence straight on he doesn't hide anything mm-hmm. so like even going back to prisons when um hugh jackman was you know trapped Paul dano in that house and he was like basically beating the shit out of him and stuff yeah and you just see how gory and disgusting and evil the violence is and it's like yeah come back to the border sequence and it's just like you know, lit these guys up like Christmas fucking trees, right? And it's just like, yeah, everything is, that's just how it is, man. And in my opinion, I think this is like his best movie. Um, I don't think it's his best movie, but I think it's my best movie of his. Okay. I think Arrival is a better film, but I think I enjoy Sakari more. Uh, but we'll get to that. Who had a tougher first day? Jake from Training Day or... Or Emily Blunt. Emily Blunt. Emily Blunt's <laughs> character from Sakura. Well, it wasn't really our first day. So it was her first day on the, on the new task team. Yeah. And but what happened? Oh, she saw people get shot. Oh. Yeah. Some guy will shot her. She'll be okay. She'll I be mean, okay. yeah. It's Jake from Training Day. Like, She'll be all right. Jake, Jake smoked PCP. <laughs> he liked to get wet drinking. So, uh, what was a plus for Sakari was that the first time I was introduced to Daniel Kaluuya. Oh, yeah. So, Do you know I completely forgot he was in that film until I rewatched it? I was like, oh my God, it's Daniel Kaluuya. Like, I remember watching it. I was, like, I was like, this guy is so good in this. And I Googled it. I was like, oh, no. And I, back then, his Wikipedia was like, he's a, he's a British stand up comedian actor. I think they removed stand up comedian really? now. Yeah. <laughs> but um, you mentioned the, the bridge sequence, which is obviously incredible. Tension is, is incredible. Border, yeah. I think. I'm, I think it has one of the best openings of any film I've ever Look, look, it's incredible. <laughs> that movie opens. And it doesn't give you time to rest. There's not, <laughs> we're in there immediately. Like, he, I think it opens on a shot of them driving, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then it Pulling up to, into the house. Yeah, and then it cuts to the house and then the, the, the car just busts through yeah. the, the wall. Yeah. Then there's that shootout and it's shootout in the, in the, what do you call it, in the room. Yeah, mm-hmm. remember that you find the bodies in the in the they walls. Find bodies, they think everything is calm. Then everybody goes. Like, you think oh, it's calmed down. Everybody goes to throw up. Um, the, the shed blows up. You're like, what is going on? I'm like, okay, welcome. This is Sakari. This is a movie now. Like, I'm like, oh my god. I mean, do you I'm, remember? I, I remember sitting up in the cinema. I wish I watched it in the cinema. Man. I watched it in the cinema. I watched it. I think the ten o'clock showing or something like that. So obviously, no, no, no. It was here. It was in London. Oh. So it was in Imperial. So like, 
guys are tired now. Yeah, sitting uh, sitting down like this. Da, 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 da. I think somebody that we went to had already started sleeping. Oh, guy, when that <laughs> explosion <laughs> happened, guy, I was like, yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> Wait, I think I always tell people just just start it. If you, if you start it and you don't want to watch it after ten minutes, and it's not for you, yeah, because like that movie, that movie starts with like a jolt, and I I think obviously it doesn't get as loud as bombastic as that ever in the film again obviously it gets quite tense because the, the bridge scene's tense or the, the scene the where scene, yeah when, go, when, the when um, del toro's character is going to kill that guy that's incredibly tense as well gosh del toro is such a fucking badass in this movie isn't he so i think it never gets as like boom 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 loud as it as it does but like obviously the tension keeps on going up but yeah no sicario i think i mean sicario happened in in a year where like for me i think 2014 is one of the best years of film of since I've been consuming film properly, so let's say 2012, 2013. Yeah. Like I can think of 2014 was incredible. 2014 is like Sicario, Whiplash, like Grand Budapest Hotel. Even the, Gone Girl. Gone Girl. Even the animated film, even the superhero films were, were good, like Winter Soldier, Guardians of the Galaxy, Lego Movie. Like, so like, also in Interstellar. Yeah. But, like, but basically, every, every corner was. I've seen Interstellar. Every what, corner, what, what are you saying? Still haven't um, seen Interstellar. Well, you haven't seen you Interstellar. Haven't seen Interstellar. Well, I'm waiting for the perfect chance because you so guys, why do you everybody, vote? I swear you shit on Interstellar on the podcast. Everybody was saying like, "Oh, you have to watch in the biggest." Why do you possible. shit on things that you've not seen? I'm just waiting to buy a big TV, basically. Go watch Interstellar. Is this your favorite um, Del Toro performance? Um, I haven't seen that much of Del Toro. Like, I haven't seen Traffic, for example, which obviously is. I think he won the Oscar for that or nominated. Yeah, I think he did. Yeah, you've seen Usual Suspects, though. Obviously, I've seen Usual Suspects, but he doesn't. Have you seen Usual Suspects? You should watch it. Oh, he's not there that, for that long, is he? he? He doesn't speak English. Yeah, he doesn't speak English. He doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't he's just, he's just, he's just gibberish. <laughs> he's just mumbling throughout the entire film, like intentionally. You should watch it just because I think you enjoy. It. I mean, okay. there's a big caveat that both the director and the star are Brian Singer, Kevin Spacey. So, oh. so that that's like a big mark on it. But, okay, fine. I'll pirate it. <laughs> Yes. But it's written by Chris, Christopher McQuarrie. I think he won, an, he won an Oscar for Best Screenplay, who's now been like yeah. director for like the Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible movies, yeah. It's like, have you ever heard of Kaiser Series? Have you ever heard of yeah. yeah, that's, that's what just suspect. I think you should watch it. I think you'll really enjoy okay, it. Okay, I'll watch it. Especially if you don't know the spoilers. Yeah, I don't I know. I can't believe you haven't, you don't know this, the ending from that movie yet. Lucky, my mom's Yeah, lucky him. actually. Um, but yeah, no, um, so I don't know if my, I think it might be my best blunt performance too. Hmm. Above, like, I guess the only other thing that Edge of Tomorrow—that's a good movie. Oh, I was even thinking oh, a Quiet Place. Quiet Place. <sighs> yeah, but like, I love a Quiet Place, but like, not really. She doesn't do as much. Fair. It might be her best performance. Devil Wears Prada. Anybody? I thought it was going to be like Mary Poppins. Or mm-hmm. one of I haven't. I haven't seen Devil Wears Prada. You haven't seen Devil Wears Prada? Still not. No, it's, it's on my list. Wow. But, I mean, you'll enjoy it. <laughs> if you enjoyed the bull type, you enjoy. You would enjoy <laughs> Devil Wears Prada. Yeah, no, I think I'll enjoy. But I haven't seen it. Meryl Streep is throwing 100 miles per hour in that movie. Yeah, I've heard. I thought you uh, said she was throwing ass in that movie. <laughs> no. I'm like, I need to watch that again. <laughs> like, that's a different version from what's going So, um, <laughs> Carly and Bess and Blanc performance. Um, Josh Brolin is incredibly interesting. He's well. really good. Um, just like, it, like, you want to punch him. Like, I really want to punch you. And then, the way, even the way he chews gum in the film is annoying. Like, he's really good in the film. I think that's another thing. So the two films we've talked about so far have, like, they're very good on their own, but they are really buoyed by incredible performances. Like, I'm I'm not sure Prisoners is as good as it is without the performances that they put in. Mm -hmm. Neither is Sicario. And Sicario, I think, is probably harder because Mm -hmm. there's nothing flashy up. It's weird because obviously Sicario, you have two all-timers in Del Toro and Josh Brolin. You have Emily Blunt, who everybody knows is a great actress. You have Daniel Williams, who's up and coming at the time. So, like, yeah. 
if you put great actors together, they do great work. And then I think... Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Would Sakari be a better movie if Dwayne The Rock Johnson was in it? Fuck yeah. What are you talking about? Do you know I wouldn't mind seeing that? It's because the character of the Why would it be a better movie? What are we talking about now? Of course it's a better film. Of course it's a better film with Dwayne The Rock Johnson. You know what? I want to stay on this. Ayo, prove your point. Let's hear it. I'm going to spend as much time as we need on this particular point. Ayo, explain to me. Defend your point. Yeah, give me one Josh Brolin line reading. So Dwayne The Rock Johnson will be Josh Brolin's So he'll be Josh Brolin's character? Yeah, he'll be Josh Brolin's character. Okay, whose character would he be in your thing? Daniel Kaluuya? Kaluuya, easily. If he replaces Kaluuya, that's also good. But then, I don't think Kaluuya has enough for doing the rock job. Yeah, he overshadows Emily Blunt if he replaces Kaluuya. Yeah, exactly. So he needs to be Josh Brolin. Josh Brolin then becomes Kaluuya. I can't do record Kaluuya because Kaluuya has to be young. Oh, fuck, that's true. So wait, they, so, they can CGI, like, <laughs> DH him. Um, wait. Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, who is like 6'5", whatever. He's Josh yeah. Brolin's character. Yeah. He's a CIA agent who never punches anybody. Yeah, he doesn't need to. Or he could be Del Toro's character, just, you know. No, no, he's not menacing enough. He's not menacing enough. <laughs> he's not menacing enough. Yeah, no, he's, he's like, kind of that, like you see into, coming from a wild Yeah, he's intimidating. He's not like, you know when Del Toro is sleeping on the plane? John, you just cannot do that. So you're not okay. be scared if The Rock is sleeping with his So now, are you telling me that? I'll be scared if he's around. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we have Dwayne Johnson mm-hmm. as Josh Brolin's character. Imagine him in that scene where... They like they go to the the is it the New Mexico or the Texan Rangers and they're like when they gather the, all yeah the when they gather all the migra- migrants are, are running away Ooh. no not even that when they're with all the policemen and they're like yanning and saying okay this is the plan and this oh is in the room yeah mm-hmm. imagine the rock in that scene he eats it up what are we talking about <laughs> oh he could be what's this guy what's the what's the guy that acted as the Punisher what's his John name again? yeah puts John Bertha on oh. everything he makes everything better. Uh, this is an agenda. Uh, John Metal makes everything he's in better. Dwayne Johnson is Josh Brolin's character. Uh-huh. He's but he's meant to be like Del Toro is meant to be the the hitman of the group. He's meant to be the guy. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. He's never punched anybody. Brolin doesn't punch anybody. Yeah, he doesn't need to. <laughs> cannot be the so that's his feet. He's not going bare feet like Josh Brolin was going bare feet. Why won't he? Well, like Josh Brolin was like was very. I can't believe this man. I can't believe what we're talking about. Dwayne Rock Johnson <laughs> makes. This movie better, I think. I mean, put Dwayne Johnson in fucking Goodfellas. I'd have watched that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about the elephant in the room. Has either of you watched Day of the Soldier? No. That's the character. No. Yes. I, I haven't watched it. I just figured that it became an action movie. Yeah, that is sort of lost there. Which is kind of leads to my, my next question. Like, what do you think this movie was trying to... What do you get out from this movie, though? Because I think the thing about Villeneuve is it doesn't really give you, give you a message. Like, this is the message of my movie. Sort of leaves... <laughs> It leaves audiences. I'm not sure I agree. What do you think? No, I don't know about Sicario, but I like... think he leaves like a, an element of ambiguity and stuff, doesn't he? And just like make your own conclusion from my movie. Like It's always about like posing a question to his main characters, isn't it? I feel like that's how I've read those these three movies. Is so, it like a sense of like morality and... Yeah, speed? kind of like, it's not always about morality, but like it's always about like some some existential question that he's posing to his mm-hmm. his main so I think this movie is basically about good people kind of doing bad things to get the bad people which is what Prisoners was about as well exactly exactly so it's sort of like questioning methods do you agree with their methods or yeah I think Prisoners of Carrie is definitely questioning morality or mm-hmm. is a different question it's a different question enemy enemy is a question enemy is a hell of a question I cannot enemy man I don't know if I like that movie or I hated that movie but 
you guys watch anime. It's it's only ninety minutes. Obi, have you watched anime? I watched ages ago. Yeah, don't 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 spoil it. But like that, the the Should last the last second of anime mm-hmm. gave me the biggest jump scare I've ever had in my life, <laughs> and it's not a horror movie. Don't kill me. Yeah, I'm not watching that again. Like I literally jumped. Anyway, but that also poses some questions. Um, you asked what is Sicario about? What do you, yeah, what do you get from the movie? I mean, I think yeah, no, I think you have themes of revenge. There's revenge in terms of Delta's character. You have the whole America and CIA. War on drugs and stuff. Yeah, that whole question. I think it's the whole, like, oh, do we need to become, like, lawless oh, in order to... to... Mm-hmm. And it's also, like, what's the fucking point of all of, like, what... Like, you're doing all of these, like, you've shot down, you've taken down this sort of, like, criminal head at the end of the movie. Then, you know, five minutes later, when the kids are playing football in... Um, the park, you're still hearing gunshots. It's like nothing has changed. Mm-hmm. You cut down one head and three more yeah. heads grow out. But I mean, like, for example, Del Toro's character was never interested in changing anything. It's not he's, just... He, yeah, he's trying to revenge for, right. for what happened to his family. And I Which think, is why it's weird. Like, the whole second movie was just strange. I think that final scene between Del Toro and Emily Blunt, if, if you're looking for a meaning for the film, I think it's That's there. It, yeah. What you think you know is not... This is not that world. You're too weak. Yeah, you need to get a bit dirtier if you want to do anything, achieve anything in this. Which is, I think, again, can the can Dwayne Johnson be dirty? Because the film is dirty, he's <laughs> grimy. Like you can tell that he's like he's had undercover stints in like cartels. Like, <laughs> like The Rock is he's too he's too clean cut. Yeah, I, I just can't I can't see. It. I don't know what you guys have seen, but I can't see. It. I I don't know, man. Anyway, but can The Rock be in prisoners? Does, does it make prisoners better? No. He doesn't fit in. Nah, I don't think he fits that. that Unless he's like Viola Davis. <laughs> Unless like they're gay. <laughs> and he takes over that role. But then he, he cannot let Jackman go on. Like he would have to be part of the torturing. She came and she was part of the torturing. Yeah, for like half a second. And she yeah, died. and he'll, he'll kill it. He might kill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Does anyone have any final thoughts on Sicario? Or oh, even Prisoners before we go on a quick break? No. We haven't shot out, shot it out Roger Deakins, who is incredible. I was about to say. Oh, yeah, yeah. Cinematography is fucking insane in all of his movies, man. That one scene, I don't need to discuss scene when they come out at night. Beautiful, man. Like his, his films usually have like an element of like, you know, everything is dark, can't see anything, just like weird palettes and stuff, just dark palettes. But it's all, it sort of all matches the theme of the movies on like how everything is, you know, not happy. Mm-hmm. And. <laughs> And shit. So yeah, Roger Deakins, the goat man. He's only won one Oscar, which just proves why the Oscars are just like... For Blade Runner, right? He finally went for Blade Runner. Runner. Yeah, yeah for he, you. He also did um, cinematography for Prisoners. Yeah. I think, he, was he also 1917, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. I think he won for 1917. No, I think he has two Oscars of your... I think he won for 1917. Did he? Yeah, I think he won for 1917. You could not not win for 1917. Yeah, that's fair enough. You deserve that. <laughs> You know you're gonna be in this, you know you're gonna be in this podcast. I mean, apparently, <laughs> not that anybody has an opinion <laughs> on this show. You, well, we can start the arrival section with asking Chinaza her her impression of arrival from me. Have you ever seen it? Yeah, yes. I first had to watch. It also is the best movie ever because it's a fucking best movie. And I, I saw it, so it so and I was like. <laughs> It's a fucking I mean, it's good, but the way you sold it... Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Arrival is ridiculous. I think I've watched it once a year since it came out. Ayo has a problem with her hyping things he likes in general. That's just Ayo. I think... So, I think he says, oh my God, it's really good. I think he has to value. Oof. 
chill. What's what, wrong? What, what did you think of it? I mean, you can't go off record, but like I said, do you think it's the best film? Best film? Off, off it's a very good film. Because I don't know what you meant. Best film. <laughs> <laughs> off he said the only, the only, the only movie. <laughs> you have a more vivid recollection of us seeing it than I do. Though. Yeah, because it was. That's the thing for for me and Arrival. It was deep. It wasn't like like. I, I tweeted this now. Like yeah. I felt something after watching Arrival. Yeah. Like it's long. It's, it's not. It's very. It's few and far in between where I feel things from. Just keep. Just keep. keep yeah. Keep this. Don't passion. say because no, it won't finish. The passion won't finish. Yeah. What he talks about. Like even this time you watch it for the what number now? Did you watch it last week? And like three days later, I was still thinking about Arrival. And we're back. And I'm sure you guys have. If I've done my job properly, you guys have heard Chinaza's thoughts on Arrival that she got via Ayo's thoughts. So Ayo, since you clearly think Arrival is the best movie that's come out. Unbelievable. Since Citizen Kane. Can you <laughs> can you start, start us up on this Arrival journey? I, I just say that, like I said, I think Arrival is his best movie. So I really like Arrival, but clearly not as much as you. So why don't we start off? Yeah, Arrival is the best movie to start off. Okay. Um, I think Sicario is a close second, mm-hmm. but like I think the emotional weight in Arrival is just a bit, is a bit heftier. Um, but like we watched Arrival together, Banky, mm-hmm. and going into that movie, I don't think we knew anything about. It. Yeah, I think I've seen maybe one trailer or something. I hadn't seen a single trailer, but like I knew it was Amy Adams, mm-hmm. and I knew it was Denny. I was like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm in. And then mm-hmm. people were like, oh, because it came out earlier in the year. And then it was out of cinemas and we didn't see it. Oh, yeah, but we then watched it when it came back. We watched back. it when it came back for I think Oscars. It, I think it was getting the Oscar buzz yes. at this point. So, yeah, so we, so watched, we watched it January. January. And I was like, oh, this is even having Oscar buzz? Let's, let's get into it, bro. So we sat down in the cinema, we watched the film, and I remember we walked back to the train station in silence. And we sat down on the DLR. I remember, because we went from Tower Hill. Yeah. We sat down on the DLR. I looked at it, I was like, Banky, what the fuck? This is so vivid here. I honestly can't remember most of it, but I love that this has so vivid in your memory. No, because it's not it's not very often. So when when it comes to me, like what I enjoy in cinema, like I like I like human stories that are wrapped around like that are wrapped in like high concept things like mm-hmm. sci-fi. Which is why sci-fi really works for me, because in the end, all good sci-fi is doing is just telling a human story. Like it's like the Martian. Yeah, yeah, I liked it, but it's more as less like interesting it's more of a survival story isn't it yeah it's more of a survival story mm. than a like okay. you know an existential question right but most most good sci-fi like what it does is like ask mm-hmm. questions yeah, of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so we're going into this film i didn't know what it was about we watch it and it does exactly what good sci-fi is meant to do do you want to tell people what Arrival is about? Without giving so, spoilers. I'll give spoilers. So, Arrival... Okay, no, I won't, I won't give a spoiler. Because <laughs> no, that, really, spoiler. That, that really does a disservice to the movie. Yeah, let's try, let's try to spoil... How, can we, can we, we can't talk to... about the film without spoiling yeah, you can't, it. So. Look, I'm sorry. If you At this point, go watch Arrival. I mean, come yeah, pause. Us, pause like, go watch Arrival. Yeah, it's yeah. 116 minutes. Yeah, just go watch Arrival. Anyway, yeah, what's Arrival about? It's based on a short story by a writer called Ted Chiang called Story of Your Life. And I mean you're laughing at you're laughing now, right? But Banky, I was so moved. I, by this. Read it. I didn't read I didn't read Story of Your Life. Uh, but I have all his other all his other short stories. I've read most of them. Ibuka has read Story of Your Life. Ibuka reads. And most of them are really so good. Much. Most of them are really good. They're making a docu they're making a TV show, I think, on AMC based on another one of his short oh, stories. Right. Called liking what you see a documentary, which is also is it's excellent, it's an excellent story. Um, anyway, so it's based on this short story about how some aliens come mm-hmm. 
and they don't really like they're not doing anything but they want to interact with human beings so they bring Amy Adams' character, who is like a linguistics professor, mm-hmm. and she studied like language and communications. And like, uh, they get her. Well, their aim is to get her to ask them a question, and the question is, "What is your purpose on Earth? Like, what do you want?" Mm-hmm. So um, they being humans, they, yeah, American so the humans, yeah, the American government wants to find out what, yeah, um, what the aliens want. want. There are days that define your story beyond your life, like the day they arrived. Colonel? Pack your bags. Language is the first weapon drawn in a conflict. It's quite a greeting. Yeah, well, he wrote it. You are on the top. Have everyone's list when it comes to translations. Priority one. What do they want? Where are they from? Not everyone is wired for what you're about to do. So what do they look like? You'll see soon enough. Every 18 hours, the door opens up. That's where we go in. I might not remember our silent walk to the day last night. I might remember like the moment when the twist happened in the cinema and I was like, oh, like I didn't see it coming. Oh shit. Yeah. That twist hit me hard as well, man. I was like, even because I randomly rewatched this movie in June and even rewatching it because obviously unlike you, I have not watched it every year since 2014. <laughs> so like I had forgotten, like I knew what, the, like I knew one part of the twist again, like it's okay. You know what? Spoilers. But I knew that her daughter had not yet died. Because obviously the way the movie starts out, the way, again, just very well structured. Like you, you, you want to believe that like her daughter has, this is the aftermath of her daughter dying. Yeah, she, well, she's really just a sad person. Like there's no... Again, Denny and mood. Yeah. Because like, from the first few seconds of the film, like the mood is already set. Mm-hmm. I remember, oh yeah, her daughter dies in the end and it's all this kind of time loop or whatever. Chris Van Lundan must, must really love this movie. Or hate this movie. Maybe he hates it because, because like, it's done, done it too well. Yeah. Better, than, better than he could ever. Um, but I didn't remember how like the Chinese prime minister and president even played a part. I remember that he had, he had a scene in a like a ballroom thing. I couldn't remember what mm-hmm. happened there. And then mm-hmm. when the movie took me back there, like oh, I enjoyed the ride. Like it was like I enjoyed the journey going back to understand. Like, I, I think I even forgot that Jim Renner was a husband at first. And yeah. then as I was going, I was like, oh, that's it. I, uh, yeah, it was. Is a, like, I don't know how you watch every year because that's every like, year. Okay, well, not think, every year might be an exaggeration. Well, but I, I think times. I've watched it four times. Now. Well, to be fair though, I think I watched Carrie four or five times. Exactly. Watch Layer Cake like nine times. Arrival is a great movie, and I think it's Arrival is a great story, beautifully told in that movie. I think I think the the changes that they made to the short story to make it work on screen were excellent. Mm-hmm. And you earlier you mentioned about actually if I go on, what are you because you just recently watched Arrival. Yes. Yeah, what did you think? So I don't really like sci-fi movies. I'll just okay. it, I'll just like say that off the bat. But I think this one was actually I think when I watched it as a whole, I actually really appreciated how good of a story was told. The whole structure of the movie, the cinematographer is beautiful as well. Active performances in Me Adams is just fucking incredible. And when you just finish the movie, you sort of like, oh right, okay, that makes sense. Like, why is that there? Mm. Okay, that and everything just sort of comes together. And it's just like how everything is just how everything flows together because we're thinking like what the fuck like you know get to the actual I don't know what the fuck to call it a spaceship or something mm-hmm. 
and it's like they're talking it's like why is this here like what does this matter why am i seeing these black circles and stuff how does this make any sense how is this relevant to anything um and at the end of it it's sort of like okay um it just everything just comes together beautifully i'd say what did you guys like take from the movie like what do you think the movie is about would you have made the same choice i think i think that's that's the question yeah, so, he's trying to ask in all of it well i was gonna before i even go to that because i was going to talk about that um earlier you mentioned about how obviously the the acting in prisoners and mm-hmm. sicario elevated elevated yeah and i think look in arrival for us is good jeremy Renner is good but this you don't think Jeremy Renner is good? I don't, I don't think I like him in anything. Yeah, but I think that's just I, I think that's just Jeremy Renner hates that just goes with everything. <laughs> fair, fair. I think that's just Jeremy Renner. I think he's good in this, but um, this movie is like if something can be doubly squarely on somebody's shoulders, it's entirely it's on, on Amy, Adam, Amy Adams' shoulders. Like the way she's carrying this movie, like nobody else is doing anything. Like this movie is all Amy Adams, man. Was she nominated for this role? No, she wasn't nominated. Can you imagine? This movie got best director, best picture. Best sound editing. Best everything. I didn't get best actress. Amy Adams is That's so ridiculous. disrespected. That's ridiculous. <laughs> like, it doesn't make sense. I thought she was nominated by that day. She didn't win. She's not nominated for Arrival? No. That's ridiculous. Arrival is, is still, I think, top five, six cinema experiences for me. Uh-huh. Which I think most of them are happy with you. <laughs> I think, obviously, find out about the whole Arrival, the twist in Arrival. That yeah. was there. Then, obviously... Cinema experiences get out. Captain America. We saw that together. Winter Soldier, I was like, yeah. oh, MCU is serious. Um, did you guys watch Get Out in the cinema? Yeah, yeah we did. Yeah, we did. Yeah, in London. I think it was TCR Odeon. Well, I know it was either a mostly black group or a mostly white group. I can't remember which one it was. I think it was mostly black, but then there were a few white people. Yeah, because like, yeah, it was mostly black. So like, you heard the black people going like, don't so, go into the so room. Yeah, yeah. Well, and then when the, movie, when the movie ended, you see, you see all the white people feeling so guilty. Like, Everybody was clapping. Everybody was, was clapping funny. very like, yeah. So get out of the Infinity War. I remember when we watched Infinity War. Did we watch Infinity War together? together? Oh my god, we did. And obviously Infinity War spoiler for anyone who hasn't watched like second biggest movie of all time. Um, <laughs> Dickhead. <laughs> like, like, in like the first eight minutes. Yeah, you have first, watched the second biggest movie. First eight minutes. Think you are. Thanos, Thanos <laughs> fights Hawk, kills yeah. Heimdall, kills Loki. And I remember Aya just touched me and was like, only eight minutes have passed in this film. <laughs> <laughs> It was like everybody's dead, but only only enemies are fast. I don't even remember doing that. Um, Molly's game. It's not. It's not a top boss. Because I watched Molly's game. Did you watch that in cinema? What's in cinema? Oh and wow! Then I remember because the best part of Molly's game is at the beginning. Yeah, is the cold open. Yeah, and then obviously she does the what would you what do you think is the worst thing to happen in sports? And then mm. you, and then you, you and then you tap me and like again you're like sulky knows how to do a fucking cold open. <laughs> That movie is the most infuriating movie I've ever watched in my life. What in the past? Just stop fucking talking. I mean, about I mean we, but we've spoken about this when we spoke about the sulking episode. Though. It's oh, like, gosh. if you know what you're going for in a sulking, like you're not here to, you're here to recite yeah, that. And I think, what do you think this is? Do you know, watching the morning show makes me realize how good sulking is. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, okay, you don't watch morning show, but like, sulking is, Anyway, let's them guys. After the morning show, I went to go and watch Newsroom. Now I went to go and rewatch <laughs> Newsroom. News. Oh, anyway, don't get me started. He'll bring up the plane. I said nine eleven. Press press to You see, I, what I say? What I say? I think it's supposed to bring up nine eleven. Give the fuck, like the fuck. Again, cares. No, cares no, about no. We talk about what was talking. It's like like this kind. Obiara, when when it first happened? Wait, Obiara, wait. When it first happened, you told me that you were you were touched, weren't you? No, oh, oh, yeah. I did not say that. Uh, said, it's on record said, in our soccer episode. Do you want me to bring back? I, 
It's not a receipt. It's play the there. Clip. Play the clip. I'll play the clip. I'll play the clip. I said, I said, I was like, initially, I said, I don't even know what I said. Look, I, I know the scene you're talking about. People have seen the the nine eleven scene on oh the on, 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 on the plane. It was going viral on Twitter. It's a terrible scene. When I watched it first, I was like, oh, this is incredible. I was like, oh, I'm in my feels. Same, same. Yeah. You see, so so you, exactly. You cannot. There's no why you get retroactive. First Don't time get a retroactive ban. First time I watched. The first time I watched it, I was like, "This is like it's the greatest scene of all time." Exactly. I'm like, I'm and like, I then I watched. I was like, "What is going on here?" So, but that's the That's the newsroom. Look, that thing was. It was a different time, and that's yes. And when it happened, like corny, I was yes. like, "This is incredible." And then when I watched two years, I was like, "This is incredibly corny." I was like, <laughs> "If you like that yeah. scene, just watch Billions. If you like that scene, watch Billions." Anyway, um, I watch Billions. I don't even think Billions does that kind of stuff. Obiora, Obiora, Obiora likes to hit on things that everybody likes. That's just forget about it. Don't even don't use if don't Billions. Use it, if you've ever spoken to you know another human being, <laughs> you realize like you know yeah, but Sokin is not like, like Sokin is not writing things the way people speak. Yeah, he doesn't. It's, he's, he's, he's not doing it like his music. Tarantino really doesn't. People don't speak the way, the way people speak in Tarantino films. Ah, uh, people say nigga all the Time, yeah, it was a nigga, but, no, but, but, but don't you know, like, especially the first two movies, like, first two movies, and what's that other movie, True Romance? Just three movies is like, well, people would speak like, like they're speaking in Pulp Fiction, like, people just say randomly, do you know what they call a, a double cheeseburger in France? Just randomly in a random conversation, people don't speak like that. That's not how conversations work. Frankie, you're not cultured now, that's why you don't speak like that. Culture, no, no, you and I speak like that. like that because we try to be uh, talking <laughs> in real life. We know this, we, <laughs> we do speak like that, but not normal people, normal people speak like. Kenneth Monaghan, please. It's like Reservoir Dogs, the first scene where they're talking about... Um, um, Madonna's um, like a virgin. People don't speak like... It's not that structured in conversation in real life. But that's what... that's what I don't, I don't say that's how me and my boys talk, but that's how... Big boys. <laughs> what? They call them. <laughs> call, them, call them now. Call them... No, bring out your phone now. Call them and have a conversation. Oh, yeah. We talk about our music, we talk about our sports. Okay, uh, okay, call them, music, call, call, them, them, call them and talk about it the way they talk about it. <laughs> Can't call them and talk about it now. It's not going to be that structured or, or that intellectual. That's not how people speak in real life. But yeah. you're not talking about you and your boys. Don't fucking piss me off. <laughs> anyway, but like the main thing about Arrival, and I think on this podcast we've spoken about, because we try to be full intellectual, we're talking about obviously free will and determinism and all that, Arrival right episodes, but like, I think this movie is kind of saying, if I remember properly, obviously, it's, mm-hmm. it's not giving the question of free will and terminism. I think it's saying you have free will. Yes. But she chose to do that. Yes. Like, it doesn't say, like, she didn't have free will. Which is a departure from the short story. Oh, the, what a short story. So, so, in the short story, and like in a lot of Ted Chang's, like, work, he's very, very set on, okay, not set on, but then he really explores determinism. So, in the short story, it's deterministic. She can't change it. Oh, okay. So, the main right. journey that she goes on in the short story is about accepting that. Right, there's a husband in the short story as well. Yeah, but like, um, the the daughter dies in a what's it called, like a hiking accident oh. or a climbing accident. But she always knew it was going to be an accident. Yeah, she knew it was going to be a climbing accident. Um, but like, she had to come to terms with not being able to change that. Mm-hmm. So that was the journey she went on in that film, which is sorry in the short story, which is fine. But I feel like the journey that she does in the movie is much like it speaks to me more because yeah. like I mm-hmm. want to believe in free will. Mm-hmm. And, you know, having free will and then choosing to, like, to go on this heartbreaking journey with your daughter, because you know the good moments will be good, mm-hmm. is a lot more poignant to me than... than so, that know. being said, would you? what choice would you make? I think I'd make the same choice. Wow. 
just for context, the choice being, let's for anyone who hasn't watched the movie but is listening to this episode, what was the choice that she has to make? So in Arrival, what you find out, so it starts with a montage of um, Amy Adams' life with her daughter. So her daughter is born, and then in her early adolescence, stroke late adolescence, she gets this um, incurable disease and dies. Mm-hmm. And that's in the first two min- minutes of the movie. They mm-hmm. do that montage. And then over the course of the movie, you find out that um, they are interspersing clips of her remembering times with her daughter. And then you find out that she's not remembering the past. She's basically seeing the future based on. Yeah. Because um, these aliens don't see, the aliens. they don't see line, time as a line, as a line. They see it as a circular, I think. Yeah. So it's not linear for them. They basically see all points in time at the yeah, same time. Yeah. So kind of like Dr. Manhattan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Kind of like Dr. Manhattan. So, which is interesting. Which is interesting because, like, I don't think Manhattan did this, but I think he did in the Watchmen series. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think he did in the movie. But um, when, you know, for example, her, her daughter is asking her in the future, her daughter is asking her, what's it called when, you know, two people uh, have to compromise, basically, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but, like, nobody's happy at the end. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, I don't know. And then in the present, her husband, Jeremy Renner, says a non-zero-sum game. and mm-hmm. then. She goes back to the future and she's able to like use that information. Ah. I'm not sure. But wasn't that just I thought that was coincidence? No, I no, no. I thought it was kind of future remember the conversation she had with her husband. Because because no the daughter is like something I think, about science I think and it's, like I think it's the other way around. Which is which brings us to Yes, I think yes, because it's like it's science, ask your father. Ask your right? father, yeah. Mm-hmm. So yes. I thought I, thought I, I took her back to that conversation. To that conversation. No, no, no. I think she's experiencing both around the same time. Oh wow. So she's okay. remembering that in the future is going to have this conversation. But then also her future self is, I don't get, do you, do you know what I'm saying? She's in both places. She's in both places. Dr. Manhattan, essentially, he's in everywhere at the same right? time. Right. So yeah. the same thing with the, with the Chinese, um, general at the end when she doesn't know that she called him. Yeah. And then he says, he says, Oh, and she remembers what happened. And then her, she remembers his, his, his right? wife, yes. final word or something. Yes. So, and I think that is happening at the same time for her, right? She's not remembering the future or anything like that. It's happening at the same time. I know. Yeah. So, so the, so the choice she makes is to have the child, her daughter. Yes. Knowing that her child, daughter knowing that she's going to die. Like, young. there's nothing you can do about yeah. it. Yeah. And then obviously that leads to her divorcing her husband because her husband thinks she made the wrong yeah. choice. Now, Opia, would you make the choice? Absolutely. I think so. Uh, I don't know, man. Very cool. I don't think I'll make the choice. You wouldn't. Yeah, man. Just think about she it. dies at like 13 or 14 or whatever. No, she's like, a bit older. Maybe like 14 or 15. Yeah, you're right. Um, I don't know if I'll make that choice. I make the choice. I think I make that choice. So knowing that she's going to die, wasn't that like, I mean, look, for me personally, if I'm being honest, I've been having a lot of doubts about whether I want to, want to have children. Mm-hmm. So knowing that I'm bringing this child to now die, like, it's not, it's not like stressful for them. It's not unfair to know. them. It's not like a painful death now. Just, <laughs> but like it's not fair. That's a little sick. Why is it? So, but that's for you. That means it's for you, not for them. Because you, you know that you're gonna the good times. With, you're for you. I, no, but like that's. I think, and I think they try. They actually do like touch on that in the movie when she's like, "Oh, daddy doesn't like me anymore," or something like that. Mm-hmm. And basically, Mia starts talking to her, and she's like, "Oh, like, but you're unstoppable. Like all the things you bring into the world. Like that's what mm-hmm. makes it worth it. Like she does her art. She does her poetry." Like, I think her being able to touch people in the world is worth... Yeah, who's touching the world? She, she's not like 14, like we said. Like, who's touching the world? I think her father. But wouldn't it be unfair on, on her husband if, he, like, because when it's like, oh, let's make a baby and stuff, and she's like... You tell him now. Yeah, so that's that's one thing I think I would have done differently. I think I would tell I would tell Jeremy Renner that, oh, if we have this child, it's going to die. 
because he's going to die in 13 years. Yeah. And it's like, what? I know, you don't like Jermaine at all. I don't like him. Like, at all. I've never seen him in the town. I've seen the town. Yeah, exactly. Ja- the town is... Ben Affleck. Affleck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jermaine is very good in the town. Yeah, but I, just, I don't like his what? face. I'm oh, sorry. Face. Oh, fair enough. I'm yeah, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't like his face. I don't... Do you feel like... Do you feel like... Because it's less mis... Like, just terribly mis- um, miscast in Hawkeye. Is that why? That's probably part of it. Yeah. Do you know, like, I watched the trailer for the Hawkeye series, and I'm just like, I don't give a fuck. Like, why are you here? Because he's Hawkeye. I don't care. Yeah, you're gonna watch else. it. I'm definitely gonna watch it because you know um, Emily Dickinson. Dickinson in the up. house. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, um, so but I don't think I'll make the choice. I don't think I'll make the choice. That's fair enough. I would, I would tell Jeremy right now. Like, I, one of the one of the funniest moments in that movie, not funny, but like funny, heartbreaking, was when she's like, I think she's just come down from the ship. After mm-hmm. she went up by herself mm-hmm. that time, and then they're all like gathering her, and she's like fainting, and then she's like, "Oh, I remember why my husband left me." Oh yeah, <laughs> and Jeremy Renner, Jeremy Renner goes, "Are you were married?" <laughs> and I was like, "Fair enough, man. You don't know. <laughs> you don't know what's yeah. going on." Yeah, I think it's. I think in terms of just directing a movie, I think Arrival is his best movie. Like, Sakari is the most enjoyable one. I've watched the most one. I like the most. Well, I think Arrival is yeah. like... There are yeah. so many things in Arrival that I just go back and, like... I think Arrival is like, cemented their thing is secular. How is that? Obviously, because, yeah. like, yeah. I think Arrival is cemented and I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm the guy. Uh, Obia, you had a question that you messaged me before this podcast started about Denis. Do you want to ask it now? I didn't tell you about it. I asked, is he the best director of the 2010s? I thought about this for, like, five minutes before the podcast started, but I think he might be. And I thought about it as one, and I was like, could be. I mean, based on these three films, so up until 2017, yes. So what? No, up until 2019. No, no, no. What I'm saying is based on these three films, yeah, yes. Yeah, okay. If we now include Blade Runner, which is also very good, but I feel like parts, there are things in Blade Runner that didn't need to be there. Okay, let's include Blade Runner, which both of you have seen, I haven't seen, right? Okay. Let's include Blade Runner. Let's, just, let's take his 10-year filmography. So yes. let's, just, let's include, include Blade, Blade Runner. Runner. So four movies. I don't think there's anyone that matches. There's nobody that's close. There's nobody that's even. So, because I, I just try to use the usual suspect. I don't know. Did you have so a short Fincher, list? Nolan. Fincher only has two. Well, um, Scott, Scott says he has three. Um, he has a couple of movies. I think Wolf of Wall Street. Mm-hmm. Um, Wolf of Silence and like exactly an Irishman. He doesn't Irishman. like. He doesn't have anything. Um, Bong Joon Ho. What did he do? I think he. Did. I think Bong is the only one that's that close. Because Bong has Snowpiercer, Okja, and Parasite. I haven't watched that. I've watched Okja, but he's the only one that's actually close. Because then when Tarantino has Django... That's what I was about to say. Tarantino is probably close. But Tarantino has Django, Hateful Eight, and this one time in Hollywood. That's it. That's like, it's Bong and Tarantino. Nolan is The Dark Knight Rises, Interstellar, Dunkirk, and Tenet. The only one movie there is like, objectively great. The rest are depending on who you ask. That's fair. That's fair. I think, obviously, I think this guy, because he just makes no hits all the time, just by virtue of quantity, and good quantity, he just makes good music, um, music, good movies, and it's just much more than the others. Who? He has to be an automatic winner. Who, Denny? Yeah. Yeah, because um, Fincher has two. I think Fincher only has Gone Girl and... Man? No, not even. No, no, no. Gone Girl is trying to talk. He's obviously the best movie of 2010. So, like, right. that puts him high. He's already then, very high up. Yeah, there. but he has only two movies and it's Gone Girl. So, it's, it's like, fuck, I think it might be Fincher then. Yeah, Paul, PTA has The Master, Inherent Vice, Phantom Thread. Thank you. Uh, Narrative Vice. I haven't watched that. Who did Vice? Adam McKay. He has Vice and what they call it, Big Shots. Well, The Master is like, some people we ask, is like one of the greatest films of all time. So yeah, I mean, I guess I've, I think I, I'm on record that I've not really watched PTA like that. So I need to, I need to really watch PTA. But like, 
Fincher only has two. That's yeah, a bit. That that's somehow. He has two movies in ten years. That seems like a bit like we can't really use that. I think Bong. I don't know. I, I think it's Bong. I haven't seen Okja, so I don't know. Yeah, I haven't seen Okja, but Sunrise is great. But Parasite is one of the best films of the, of the decade ever. <laughs> yeah, so like yeah, that's fair. Parasite is top five of the decade, definitely top ten. It's top ten. Definitely top ten of the decade, definitely. It's top ten. It's down fast five. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's slightly better. <laughs> it's just like just a bit slightly. You know, if if Parasite had it had it safe going through Brazil in Parasite, it'd be the best best film of all time. If Family, family. If Dwayne Would Dwayne Johnson have made Arrival better? No, no. What do you mean for Stickers rule? No, <laughs> unless he played the alien. There's no space for him. <laughs> Could play the alien. There's no space for him. He can play for Stickers rule. He can. What about um this guy, Michael Stolberg's rule? That's the CIA yeah. director guy. Head guy. No. He could play one of the like, you know, the Australian scientist kind of guy. Ah. Jeremy Renner. Fuck. If he had played Jeremy, nah. he actually makes the movie better if he takes over Jeremy Renner's role. He does. You cannot be. He does. You cannot believe anything he's saying. Of you course, I don't believe, believe anything. Of he's course, saying. I believe he's an actor. All the science. Of course, the theoretical physicist. Of course, he is. Yes, I don't believe it. Of course, he is. Of course, the theoretical. He's just jacked. Sorry. Sorry. So we think is because you're not jacked. You don't believe people <laughs> that when they're jacked. Yes, I don't believe. Anyway, uh, anyway. Um, so are we saying it's Dini or Bong? Um, if we're doing I think we should do three versus three then oh so what's his top three then? oh he has the best three then I think Bong has the best three does Den, 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 it's probably better than any film that Bong has that Denny has right I won't agree that I, right. I just won't I'm sorry oh my goodness I'm sorry oh best picture that year that's probably or... something stupid no no it's Moonlight uh, no, no, sorry Lala, Lala, no it's Moonlight Lala, it's Moonlight imagine you think that's very stupid you don't like but black, the black you don't like black, black gay love, love. Black you don't like black gay love love that love that I just finished watching Dead White People of course I love black gay love of course I do um, so but, okay look who are we to it's make probably bomb. it's probably bomb yeah. probably some film nerds are like what you talking about PTA or Wes Anderson I don't know but like yeah Ooh, Wes Anderson's new movie is coming out that's good yeah friend just but they come out, come out came out yesterday actually um, oh shit hey how do you feel about Wes Anderson do you like the quirky stuff yeah but I always think his movies are tight like apart from all the quirky stuff, like is it? It's always it's always a tight story. Like I like it. I've watched that many Wes Anderson films. I think I've only watched two. Grand Budapest. Watch three. Um, the one before that, Moon Moonrise Kingdom. Yeah, apparently yeah. that's that's like his best or second best movie actually. So what's his best movie? Grand Budapest, isn't it? Oh really? Apparently. I don't know what earlier stuff. It's, apparently it's between those two. Okay, let's talk about Dune. Dune came out yesterday. Do you like Sand? Okay, so if we're talking about Dune now, like I'm afraid for Denny because. His stock definitely took a hit after Blade, Blade Runner. Runner. Blade Runner is a very good film. And it does all the things that, like, he does all the great things he does there. Like, mm-hmm. he does the cinematography. It's excellent. He's doing sci-fi, which I think he actually enjoys. Mm-hmm. Because I don't think you do three sci-fi movies in a row if you not if you do enjoy it. Yeah. You guys really think I write a sci-fi movie like that? It's a, it's a sci-fi film. It's classic <laughs> sci-fi. What are you talking about? I mean, they don't go to space. In my head, in my head they're just like, in my head, it's just it's like... It's Western. Thank you. No, it's not Western. I, I, <laughs> I would never have called it a sci-fi. It's now. a classic but, sci-fi yeah, okay. film. Classic. <laughs> this is what sci-fi is about. So, but continue, continue your point. Sorry. Um. So he does those things, and you know, in the end, he's asking existential questions, right? Like, what makes you human? That's mm-hmm. that's what, um, Blade the Blade Runners ask. Mm-hmm. In the end, so it has all those elements, but I feel like it was a bit overlong and just a, a tad, a tad too melancholic. Hmm. Yeah, I, yeah, I, 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 I can't, I'm kind of like scared for him as well because, like, he took a massive risk with the Blade Runner, 
um sequel and it's like it wasn't it was f- it was like it's a good movie i mean it made like ten dollars didn't it yeah it like, didn't make money make which anything. is which is not good and apparently it's, not, it's one of those kind of things like how a lot of people have been sort of trying to figure out how to adapt like unfilmable yeah it's, one of those that, it's like watchmen everyone i know that has spoken about dune either in person or like online the word they always use about dune is dense mm. so the book is dense and they're like 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 you cannot you cannot film it and so like yeah i mean look i like to believe in talent like so if i said this, I mean, obviously this has been proven wrong a lot of times but there's a good people on one thing i like to believe that there's hope for the project right but i'm not as worried for denis because he's shown us that he can do it with like lower budgets mm-hmm. so for example if this if, if this movie comes out and it's like this is actually a bad movie like not even like it mm-hmm. doesn't do well like it's a bad movie and nobody gives him money again to make it big. He can. He will still he, be. A he kid, can make right? a movie in a twenty million budget. That's fair. Or he can, he's done it with prisoners. Done it with yeah. Sicario. Like he can make a movie with low budget. So it was the arrival budget. Didn't it? Oh, was it, did it reach hundred? No, no, because no. they didn't go to space. I told you. <laughs> Everything was on the ground. Do you know in the in the short story for Arrival? The, arrival is forty-seven million. That was yeah, the budget. Yeah. In the short story for Arrival, do you know the aliens didn't even come down? <laughs> really? They sent like like computers, and then niggas were skyping. <laughs> you they were zooming before the whole world. <laughs> they were zooming, uh, they were zooming. Um, yeah no so like but I get like it's a big thing if he does if he has two back to back financial flops exactly that's what I'm flops. afraid that's what I'm afraid for and like look Dune man you, ha- you so have to make as much money as like it's less about Fast and even, it's, for me it's not it, my, my fear for him is not about if nobody will give him money again mm. that's not my fear it's not like he'll be blackballed or anything I don't want his confidence to be hit. Oh, do you get like because oh. if you do, if you take two really big swings and they don't land, mm-hmm. especially after you know your first three, where so like everybody was saying, yeah, the second coming of Jesus. <laughs> because like yeah. I was watching some stuff about. Okay, so I went on YouTube because I really wanted to know how to pronounce his name, mm-hmm. and then I watched like an interview he was doing about this film about Jim, and. They were talking about like lockdown and sort of hence like, oh yeah, like when he's doing his editing, he wants to be in the same place with his editor because that's where mm-hmm. that's how the magic happens. But apart from that, like the editor is also like his psychiatrist, his therapist. Like he talks him bow down when he's having like panic attacks. And I'm like, man, making a movie must be so hard. So like <laughs> yeah, if it now comes out and if flops like critically or financially like yeah. I, feel, I mean yeah. i'm not sure I, I i don't want his confidence to take obviously it. financial financial flopping means a lot of different things now in this pandemic era but yeah. like shang chi has done a lot which obviously is a marvel movie so that like that helps anyway but yeah look that's dune man i think we're all like excited yeah i'm, I'm excited i have i know nothing about it neither do i, I just know the cast no, no, no. yeah including zendaya especially zendaya, especially zendaya. and timothy chalamet as one of people do you reckon um, this just becomes like uh a... A cinematic universe then. I don't know about that. I know it's meant to be a trilogy. I don't know if ah, I don't know if you want to do that to be. No, I think it was a trilogy though. Oh really? Yeah, I think he's signed I think it's not for other movies. Yeah, I think he definitely wants to sign up with trilogy. I think Shalami's character is meant to be like Second Coming of Christ. Um but Shalami good actor. I don't know. I don't think I've actually seen him in anything else. people are people seem to really like him. Yeah. And I, I don't think as I mean critics. I was saying to him, I saw him in Books by by name. What? Not Books Not Sorry, Lady Bird. Lady Bird. Okay. Coming by him, I started I never finished Coming I by didn't, him. I didn't watch that because I knew I wasn't. I never finished that as well. I started it, I just got bored. I'm not interested in white people. White what? In white people doing love. White men doing love? White people doing love. Oh, okay. Something like you said, white men doing love. <laughs> um, um, I'm just not interested in white people doing the love. I'm sorry. 
Uh, what do you call it? Little Men is one I'm going to watch. So uh, that's what someone I was definitely okay. saying. But I'm, I'm going to watch it too, I guess. Ah, oh, Florence Pugh. I might watch Little Women just for her. Have you ever watched Little Drama Girl? No. Yeah, I watched Little Drama Girl. You told me to. Oh, that was the first, that was the first place, Pugh. Yeah. And I watched Midsummer the other day. What the fuck? Yeah, I watched Midsummer the other day. That's, that's not me. That's not me. What the fuck? Was I'm watching that. that. Amazing. I'm watching that. That was, an, that was a real experience. It's actually, it's actually an experience. It's like horror, right? It's ridiculous. It's I don't even know the fuck it is. <laughs> it's a horror film. It's a horror film. I'm not watching it. It's a horror film, but it's not, it doesn't have... It has a horror element. That's a, I'll put it that way. It has horror elements. There's like there's like gore. There's a bit of like some like um, jump scares a bit, but not really. Is it more horror? Well, it's more like psychological horror. It's more psychological. Okay, I wasn't really, it wasn't like jumps. Like, it wasn't really like... I wasn't, it was not really horror like that. It was just like... I don't even know how to explain it, man. It was just... It's a trip. Watch it. I think, I think watch it. That scene when they're all like harmonizing when things are happening. Oh. Jesus. That's yeah, filmmaking. Oh. That's filmmaking. Thank you. need to... Yeah. yeah. That's, that's an experience right there. Anyway. Um, yeah, so that's also talking about Denis Villeneuve. I'm going to... Call Ibuka quickly. He's just going to give his... You know, we're lucky. When we ever find a, a good movie that Ibuka actually likes, I like to have him talk about it because I'll be honest, you know, Ibuka's takes are very wayward. So I think we couldn't do an, an episode on Arrival without him saying a bit on Arrival. Hello? Yeah, Ibuka. Yo. So we're talking about Denis Villeneuve and... Obviously, you have on record terrible takes. <laughs> so we said that since you actually like Arrival, yes. I felt like I had to give you some space to talk about Arrival. So, I don't. I don't even know what you guys have said about Arrival already. Nah, just say what you say. What you want to say? Like why? Why? Okay. Why is Arrival the one movie that was able to break through your terrible? Takes? My terrible filter. Yeah. Arrival. First of all, guys, I have great taste in films. I don't mm, know what man keeps okay. saying. Just because I don't watch nineteen fifties. I don't want these films. <laughs> I don't want these musicals either. <laughs> but I know better than this. Anyway, let me know the things you said. Just, just talk about why you like. Okay, around. okay, guys. First of all, I like sci-fi, right? And yeah. Arrival is in my top three. I think sci-fi movies of all time, and it's really, it's one of them that's unshakable to me. And the reason why I say so is because sci-fi has basically become like. You have either time travel, aliens, monsters, blah, blah. But Arrival did aliens, but combined it with time travel in a way. And then the story is completely different from anything I've ever seen. Like, mm. I'm not... Of, of course, they've done something. Like, you have... I'm not going to give a spoiler for Arrival. I don't know if you guys are giving spoilers. They're spoilers. Okay, so if you guys are giving spoilers. So we've seen movies with the non-linear timelines and blah, blah, blah. But the way Arrival does it is masterful. It's so, it's so, so good because I don't want to say you never expect it, but personally, I was lost. Like I didn't, I was complete, I didn't expect it at all. And then you start seeing the, the seeds being sown between her and Jeremy Renner. Mm -hmm. It's, it's beautiful. Another thing that's like on the story side, why I really like Arrival. Another thing that makes me really like Arrival is that I think we've spoken about this, Banky, is that I like films that take you to the place, that immerse you in the experience. And when I was watching Arrival, I don't know if it's because of the time I watched it or where I watched it. When I was watching Arrival, I felt like I was in that world. Like I was 
worried about these aliens i was like what the fuck do these niggas want and mm. when they were making breakthroughs i felt happy i felt you know wanting to know more and then i felt the anxiety of the military generals when they were worried about if they were dangerous when the whole world is going to go to war and she yeah. was the only one who knew how to stop it it was yeah. that goes back actually to something that you mentioned about denis where he was like um, Denis is masterful at setting the mood yes. of like his movies and like, yes. just telling you what you need to feel yes. in, in, in these next two hours or whatever. I've, so yeah, I was going to say I've like moved from the... I should probably give the director some props because Arrival does have many, many, many beautiful shots. Even the... What's it called? The alien The alien design is, is so... He doesn't... The spaceship really, or the actual alien. The spaceship, the aliens themselves, mm-hmm. and then the scenes of them trying to communicate with the aliens. So simple, yeah, effective. And then the, I don't know what's the film film boy term, the <laughs> landscape shots or whatever. The, so the cinematography. Yeah, yes, I know in the movie, yeah. <laughs> by the director. Yeah, man. It's and then there's that scene, the the scene where they, where the, where they try to bomb the aliens. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's that was well directed. Tension, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man, show me a show me a sci-fi movie doing it like Arrival. Inception, I'll take because Inception was unique as well. Is Inception sci-fi? Yes, Inception is sci-fi. Come on, I think I, I think what I've established in this Inception that I really have a very weird understanding of what sci-fi is. I, I mean, for sci-fi, I'm just thinking of space and aliens. Yeah. We're not going to space. I'm not. It's not a sci-fi movie for me. Oh, uh, me sci-fi time travel is sci-fi. In, yeah, um, monsters is sci-fi. Mm, I guess. I mean. I guess. But on the basis, of science fiction is anything yeah. that is like. Yeah, that's fair. Um, okay, so the question we tried to ask. Obviously, you and I have discussed about like free will and determinism yeah. on this podcast. God knows, ad nauseum. But it's like so you because I think what we said is that like in this this movie they're not asking that question. We we go with the fact that there's free will. Amy Adams' character has free will. And she decides to do what she does. Yeah. So essentially, would you make that choice? Oh, yes. This is actually a good question. Knowing how everything turns out. Yeah. Would you choose to have your daughter? Um, I can't for, answer. For, I can't for answer. For context, Obi-Wan said they would. And I said I wouldn't. Okay. Yeah. My thing is that I can't answer because she would have felt the joy of having a daughter. So that is why she was probably able to say, let Sounds me still like do this. So you're saying that what? Because you, you don't get to know the joy, you can't make a decision. Yes. Like but she, I assume the joy is as joyful as everybody always says. No, 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 no. But see, that's the thing. It's like, she she felt that her child was worth the pain that she would feel at losing her child. Where I think she would have, where I think I wouldn't have made the decision is if the child had something like a disease that caused them a lot of pain before they died. Hmm. So if the ch- if the child just passed peacefully, then I think I'll be on Amy Adams' side. I know it's an incurable disease, but we don't really know yeah. if the child suffers. Okay, yes. Okay, if we assume the child doesn't suffer, then I, I yes, I'm with Amy Adams. Bring the child in. Children bring joy, and and like, she felt that joy. She felt it was worth it. Who am I to judge, man? I don't have a uterus. Yeah. Also, guys, I'm six foot two. <laughs> <laughs> I use my podcast to, to, <laughs> as, as the well, as the, the feminist. Oh my god! Anyway, um, um, okay. Well, yeah. Thanks for giving me your your thoughts no on worries. arrival. 
There's probably some more that I missed, but I'm sure you guys have it covered. Probably, probably not. I don't know. This, the, conversation, the conversation has so far gone in various directions. But, um, oh, final question. Do you think Dwayne Johnson would have made this movie better? Mm, no. Fuck no. Ew. Why? Who? <laughs> you? Oh, my God. No. No, man. Like, no. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, so we'll talk later. All right, safe, man. Yeah, and that's it. Thank you guys for listening to this episode about Denis Villeneuve and his films, including Prisoners, Enemy, which, again, if you have mentioned, just go watch Enemy. I cannot... Also, before before you finish, right, he's done this thing where he's released two movies in the same year, two good movies in the same year, and that's like... Well, I guess, yeah, 2013, Prisoners and Enemy. Both signed Jake Gyllenhaal, which is like, mm-hmm. yeah. That's some good shit, man. I like when directors do that. Spielberg did that with Jaws and and um, Schindler's List, didn't he? That's fucking insane. <laughs> so that's Denis Villeneuve. I think we said he's probably one of the best directors of the 2010s. And I think we all like his, his most recent movies and um, hopefully Dune lives up to the expectation. And maybe we'll talk about it later in a few months on the podcast. But yeah, thank you to our returning guest, a friend of the pod, you're in them. The boy. Thank you to our surprise guest, Chinaza. <laughs> um, of course, shout out to my co-host, Obira Joji Fiatra. Merci beaucoup. Our producer, Ibuka Namani. Social media producer, Chinidu Heji. And yeah, all you guys that listen to this podcast, hopefully go watch Dune. Go make some money for Dune so that Denis doesn't have a mental breakdown. Yes, please. Yes. And then join us next week. We'll be talking about Probably succession or TV shows or whatever we feel like talking about. What is the Bond episode? I need to do to my Sean Connery voice. I've been preparing for that for a while. In due time. In due time. But yeah, join us next week. We'll be joined by incredible actor, star of Sicario, Daniel Collier. Bye, guys. A bientôt. What? I see you again in French, innit? You should get Jen Gerard Johnson. Will you make the podcast better? Yeah. <laughs> of course, doing the Rock Johnson makes the podcast better. Um,